Hi, I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear, a podcast about Jewish food, its history, and culture. Welcome to everyone, and Shana Tova to all. Well, it's a fall evening, and I wish it wasn't really fall yet, but it's really... Today is fall in Chicago, there's no question about it. And I'm sitting with one of my favorite guests, Chef Laura Frankel, in her dining room. And it's time for us to talk about holidays, because there are so many this October. So we'll just get started. We're going to talk about our meal for Yom Kippur before we go to services. Then we're going to talk about Break the Fast. And then we're going to talk about Sukkot. Yay. Yeah. So well, <laughs> welcome, Laura and Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Thanks, Beth. And I'm so honored to be here. Am I, I'm like the number, I'm the only guest who's been on like five times, right? Yeah. You you, you win the prize. Oh, I should have had a prize for you. I wish I had a prize. Well, I the know. prize is I get to talk to you. That's it. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Um, and about holidays. Yeah. Which is always and a great food. time. Yeah, because you can't have you can't have Jewish holidays without talking about food, even if you're talking about fasting. Exactly. It's it's food is so emotional for us. We can't just eat a meal. It's never just like, you know, just let's eat and be done with it. It's always an emotional thing. It's got to be like loaded with nuance and history and something. And so the meal that I think is one of the most like thankless meals is the one that you eat before services Arab Yom Kippur. Don't you think so? It's, I, it's yeah. the one that you eat real quickly in someone's house. They're like crazy enough to actually yes, do it. Yes. And the timing is always like weird because you want to eat as late as possible, but still make it to the <laughs> synagogue. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's thankless and everyone's just like slamming down as much as they can. And, 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 and then you're out the door and it's like, yeah, thanks. Eh, whatever. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then the meal that's the silliest meal, which is the one that you break fast on, you know, it's usually just done. It's, you didn't really do much for it. It's just kind of there, one and done. And, and we're like, oh, the best ever. Oh my God. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're funny. absolutely right. It's so funny. It's like directly opposing. So, well, maybe we'll start by, I want to find out what is it like when you do holiday prep for yourself and your family? Is it crazed? Is it calm what's what's it like here so for me you know what i'm never crazed i'm always pretty calm and i always have a game plan and i'm big on the plan i have i've got my my prep lists and my prep lists have prep lists (laughs) and even if it's just for a small group or something i'm still really planning ahead and i do as much as i can i do like my active cooking at the last minute but my passive stuff i do way ahead of time i'll stop you right there and tell me a little bit more about your description of passive and active, just so for people to be thinking. passive is when I'm cooking a roast or a brisket and it's in the oven and I'm happily sitting on the couch and it's, you know, the timer's counting down. Uh-huh. Active is where I'm crazy sautéing and I'm staring into the pan and at the right moment I hit it with the shallots <laughs> and the garlic and then the mushrooms going in. It's at the right exact second um, and then you pull it. And so it's active. And when things are really fun is when you can do both at the same time. Something's in the oven and you're still sautéing. And if you're really good, you're sautéing behind you while you're still cutting and chopping in front of you. So you are just got so much going on. It's like, that's my happiest spot. That's my drug. That's my moment where I'm just like, I know I'm like head and shoulders, you know, above the crowd here. Yeah. And I I just want to point out to people that what Laura is saying is, 
You have to see her in action sometime because that is exactly what she does. <laughs> I think for mere mortals, not so much. No, but, my, uh, my husband calls me the human food processor because yes. I am fast. And yeah. I, and oh, I you love are it fast. and I enjoy it and it's so, it never gets old. So fun every time. And so do you have family contribute to your meal or is it basically uh, Laura does this amazing meal and... Yeah, no, I, I don't accept any food from anywhere. I always <laughs> tell people very kindly take the night off. What I'm really saying is don't. Please <laughs> just don't come with... And it's not that the it, that they can't cook because people, they, they do okay, but it's not going to fit. And I, I feel like a meal has to flow, flavor to flavor, and it's got to like complement each other. And I take great pleasure and care in writing my menus. And so I just want to say that I was at an event once at someone's sukkah, and they had like a truffle rice dish, which was fine, but then they had it with chicken that was breaded and had like a pineapple sweet and sour sauce. Now, put those two flavors together. No, thank and, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. Yeah. I'm trying to not have that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a no-go. Yeah. And it it's, was strange. And it's kind of like how a musician would put together a concert or an album, right? right. They pay a lot of attention to the flow and... The mood, and so it's maybe different uh, descript- word descriptors, but it's the same thing. It's an experience. Exactly, and it's got a flow, and, and you want the first taste or the first note to be, you know, it's the first introduction of where the meal's going or the concert or whatever it is, and then the last is what they remember. And so it's got to kind of lead up to that mm-hmm. moment, and, and it's got to flow. You don't want these big, direct, you know, obstructions in the way of your palate and stuff. So for the average homemaker or the home chef... Do you have some suggestions, just taking that those comments, that could help people do some of their own menu planning to to have it feel like a, yeah, um, I think a lovely it, evening? Yeah, I feel like it's it's like how we get dressed this time of year, or really any time of year, is you look outside and you say, what's the forecast? Well, for this time of year, it's we're still like at the tail end of summer produce, and so you can still go to a farmer's market and get tomatoes. They're still out there. And then you can walk mosey down the stalls and you can find the big, you know, muscular squashes. So the fall produce is starting to show up. So we can still kind of have the two together. And it's this one time a year where that happens, where this, these, the tail end of summer kind of flows together with fall. And it's fun and it's interesting because pretty soon summer's gone and now we're really deep into fall and then winter. And it's like, well, well, well nothing. There's nothing. Right. <laughs> we're starving. Um, <laughs> but, um. So I think it's fun, and so I think to make it interesting for yourself and so that everything flows as you look to see what's in season and what you can find, go to the market, wander around, take a look around and see what's out there, and then put it together. If there's beautiful tomatoes, you don't have to do anything to them, and and don't make yourself plots you know i mean honestly people are like and i'm gonna do this and in their defying gravity with pots and pans and <laughs> casseroles and stuff do something room temperature or cold you know do one or two dishes that are just easy you pull it out of the refrigerator and it's done and you put it on the table and something else can be a little fussier but have fun with it and make it be- make it really pretty <laughs> and beautiful but have fun with it and don't work too hard less is more so while we're still talking about food prep and not specifically about right, the holidays, right. what I'm wondering is when you're thinking about food preparation and in the kitchen, aside from doing the things that are that you said active versus busy, do you also do anything in advance? Like do you look at your menu and think, oh, I'm going to make these four days in advance and I'm going to put this in the freezer? Or do you think about those kind of things 
as a help or do you kind of stay away from that or no I always do that you do that with like stuff that you know will hold up sometimes sauces will hold up a braised piece of meat will hold up really well sometimes your garnishes can hold up if you're doing like chopped olives with fresh herbs and olive oil and garlic or something um, that kind of thing gets better as it sits and marinates mm-hmm. a little bit. So I always try and plan ahead. For the holidays, desserts are typically something you can do ahead of time and put in the freezer. And they don't suffer at all for it, especially for the upcoming holiday where, you know, you're, you you want to come home from shul and you're kind of dragging yourself in and yep. you want to just pull it out and be done with it. So I think those are great do-ahead things to do. Super. So let's talk a little bit about that meal that we have that people are eating really fast, even though you as the cook or chef um, might have spent really a lot of time thinking about the menu. And there's maybe some traditional foods that your family always eats, Erev, Yom Kippur. And so tell me what things people are thinking about and what suggestions you might have for that meal. I think that meal is not only a thankless meal, but it's like kind of neat requires strategy and strategic planning. And you have to know how the body works on a fast. I think our grandmothers knew how to do this and stuff because they would plan the meal to be like kind of bland, not salty, not a lot of flavors and spices because it makes you thirsty Mm -hmm. or you can have heartburn later. But I also think they added a decent amount of carbs to the menu. And why? Because if we're marathoners, we're running, right? You're a marathon runner and kind of a fast is like a marathon if you think about it because you really got to go the distance. Right. You want those carbs. So you don't want a whole lot of protein. And there you want a, a tiny bit of protein in there. So it's a piece of chicken. It's maybe beef, but probably not. Chicken, turkey, something like that goes down easily. And then you have your carbs. You have rice or a potato dish or something. Pureed squash is delicious and wonderful. It makes a great backdrop and soaker upper for sauce and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's going to sustain you through that fast. You know, and I think that keeping it very simple with spices and with flavors, this is not the moment to like pull out like your vindaloo and your curries and stuff. Can you imagine vindaloo on the next day? No. Oh. (laughs) Not a pretty picture. No, the whole row of people is like dying. Um, Be considerate, folks. Um, But no, you want to think about something that, again, has like different textures and different flavors but not so crazy and low on the salt the salt is this is not the moment to you know put out the ketchup or any of that kind of stuff salty things because it is going to make you thirsty and then it's going to make it harder and all you're going to be doing is thinking about how thirsty you are yeah the water that's you know still eight or nine hours away or 23 hours away or whatever it is (laughs) it's like forever and this seems like fairly duh kind of stuff it is but but it isn't but i have to be honest with you i never gave it thought in the past right and it just like well why wouldn't i have right just didn't think about it and so this is really pretty straightforward easy information that can be extremely helpful yeah the hours that follow and i think it's like you know you want to eat food that also i i think the the one dish that everyone forgets about is like a salad well, it's the lettuce has water content in it, so you're taking in more more water content, and the more that's in there, the better off you're going to be, and the less thirsty you're going to get. And then there's like the the traditional things like the kreplach and that kind of stuff, and it's like you walk around and ask people like, why do we eat kreplach on this night? And they're like, 
because we always did, you know, or because my grandma made it or because that's what we do. And, and no one really knows, but there's a number of stories about it. And it's kind of like looking inward and looking inside. You know, there's the skin on the outside and this delicious pasta is the skin, right? Right. And then, especially if you make it homemade. Um, and then the inside, you know, you're looking inward and you're looking inside to see what's there. So there's there's all these stories with Kreplach mm. and stuff. But in all honesty, there's no reason other than they're simply delicious to make kreplach. And I don't eat them in soup because I'm, I'm not like the world's biggest soup lover. I'll make it. I like to make it for other people and watch them eat it, but I don't want to <laughs> eat it myself. Why is that? I don't know. It's messy. <laughs> it's just not my thing. But I like I like to make it a lot. And, and I can make a different soup every day for months on, on end and never run out of ideas. So kreplach, I, instead I like to saute them so they're crispy on the outside. Ooh, and I get uh-huh. the little crusty brown bits on it and then eat them. And they're just, to me, it's like... Like like fried ravioli, you just yeah. kind of can eat a whole bowl of those babies. <laughs> Whoa, sounds yeah. great. Yeah, well, and then the party's over, and, you're, <laughs> and the memory is just there. You know, that's it, that's it. But yeah, so the traditional stuff. But I think tradition can meet the sensible ideas of carbs and not a lot of spices and not a lot of salt. So maybe this is this maybe this meal isn't the time to start thinking about new traditions and new. Things it's maybe stick with. Yeah. I don't think you're going to wow or dazzle anyone with your, you know, potato prowess or something like that. I don't think that's... You haven't had my potatoes, Laura. (laughs) I I probably have, actually. But this isn't the moment to pull out, you know, some fancy rice dish or something because it's going to get lost in the meal. Yeah. And... And really, it is that race against time to eat as close to the second you have to bolt out the door to get to Shoal. So... Yeah. I can just... I mean, who doesn't have memories of... Years of tying that. tying your gym shoes on the way out the door, and lighting candles in the sink so that they can burn safely and stuff. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. It's where do you do it? It's yeah. There. <laughs> so the dog doesn't knock them over or something. Uh, yeah, or something you haven't thought of that yeah. could be. Horrible. I've thought of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've had our meal. We've fasted. We did this. Yeah, thank God. And so <laughs> we made it. Yes, we made it. And so now it's time for. Break the fast, which I feel has taken on like a new importance or a new something in the last maybe five years that people are doing these big blowout break the fast events. Yes. And so I just wonder, um, do you think they're losing the holiday that they're just thinking about this grand feast? Or do you think it's great because as Jews, as you just said earlier, you know, everybody's connected through food in various ways and this is the perfect opportunity to share all that and start the new year off i have mixed feelings about it personally not that i don't like break the fast and all that great food but it does make me think about it yeah no i agree i think it becomes like a a, again another meal that it's like you're rushed to eat it and stuff and you do want it to be appealing and and plentiful and there are people with quirky diety things happening and stuff and everyone's really hungry it's the one time that everyone comes to the table and it's like whoa we're really hungry and they're gonna load their plates and that's as a as a chef that's like my favorite thing to watch it's like (laughs) come and get it (laughs) but it's for me my scheme and my theme for this is breakfast for dinner and I feel like that's How do what, you mean that? What, well, what are you saying about that? I do like egg dishes and dairy dishes and stuff. And I know that everyone does the bagels and the cream cheese and all that kind of stuff. I don't love, 
I'm saying this out loud. I don't love bagels. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, right. But I do like egg dishes and I like an egg souffle or a bread pudding or something like that. And that's where you can like have fun with it and play. Mm. And, and it's comforting and it's easy to digest and it's delicious. Um, this is the moment where, you know, I pull out spaghetti squash and I'll toss it with caramelized onions and cheese and stuff it back in and bake it till it's all bubbly and Ooh. wonderful and reheat it and stuff. But you, again, you have to be strategic because everything has to be done ahead of time. Right. You don't have a lot of time to fuss and to play with it. So it tends to be like heavier casserole type things. That can be prepared beforehand yeah, and then and in then the oven. Sit, and, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, kugels and that kind of thing. And I don't have a problem with that. I think that's perfectly fine. It's almost like just a functional meal. If there is such a thing for Jews, because we, we love we love to eat, and it is a, it is personal and emotional. But it, this this meal is functional. It's like it's gotta it's gotta be quick, fast, and it's gotta get in there. Yeah, and as much as possible. Yeah, well, that's how. Yeah, fill your plate, and and it's not necessarily the best thing for your digestive system to just throw all that food down. No, but, probably not. But it's yummy. that's what happens. But it's yummy. Yes, it is. You know what I never understood about that. Fruit compote. <laughs> I know people get like rhapsodic about it, but there's like, I know there was like for a while there are a lot of people doing fruit compote. Maybe it's an old person's food, but I know that I have a lot of friends and people I know who are making fruit compotes. For, for break the fast? Yeah. So I make it for Passover. Do you? Yes. Interesting. But it's like a, my mom used to do that, so... So you do. So, so it's like yeah. the threat block. Well, I don't know. Yeah. We just do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't. It would never occur to me for some reason to make it for break well, the fast. Well, I guess if you think that there's, I mean, there's still peaches you can find, and plums, and figs, and all kinds of like yeah. beautiful fall fruit are coming in. Um, and I guess fruit compote would be delicious. And my immediate thing is, and a piece of pound cake with a scoop of ice cream. Oh, yeah. now well, now you're talking <laughs> exactly. But a bowl of fruit compote, it's like, oh, <laughs> not only did I just fast, but I just ate like 30 years or something yeah yeah i wouldn't think of it for because i feel like that's a festive meal and right no i agree it should be compote is not festive you made it yeah you made it through this day and it's yeah. and it's a hard day it's emotionally and physically very draining so you made it through and, and let's eat something fun so mm-hmm. bring out that ice cream yeah why not <laughs> why not so I'm, I'm not sure where to put this in but you've been kind enough to share a recipe so that I'll be able to put that on the website for my listeners. And do you want to just mention what it is? And is it something that you would be that you would think of serving just at this time of year, or something at maybe one of these meals that we're talking about? It's to me, it's a it's a good this time of year dish. It's kasha varnishkas, and I, I love, love those. I do too. It's like <laughs> brings everything together, and it's another one of those dishes. Like, why do we eat this? I don't know. My <laughs> grandmother did it. You know, yeah, my, yeah you got to have it. But I love that it uses. It uses the pasta, and it, that's comforting. And then it uses buckwheat groats. And groats are this funky-shaped, like, you know, buckwheat grain and stuff. And they, they don't have any gluten in them. So gluten-free folks, they can have just a bowl of groats. But I love their texture, and I love the way it cooks up, and it's delicious. Um, and then to modernize it, I, I put leeks in it, porcini mushrooms. Ooh. I know. And then sautéed mushrooms. And so it's a perfect dish for this time of year, believe it or not. There is such a thing as mushroom season, and we're in it. So these warm days where the sun comes up, the sun comes up and it warms up the the ground and stuff, but then at night it gets very cold. 
And so at the root of trees, if you're taking, you know, a walk or something, you'll see like mushrooms coming up like right. all over the place. Yeah. It's crazy. If you go to the farmer's market, there's mushrooms all over. So it is mushroom season and you'll start to see them more and more in the markets and in the grocery store. Some Suddenly chanterelles are showing up and all these like beautiful mitaki. Exotic, all these exotic yeah, mushrooms. they're gorgeous and they, they're so delicious. And so to pair those with this old kind of dish, European familiar dish that we know, just kind of elevates it and brings it kind of front and center modern, but at the same time nodding to the fact that, yeah, we used to eat this, you know, and I don't know why, but we did. Yeah. Or with little tiny meatballs or something fun with it is is great. But I'm keeping it vegetarian just because I think there's so many occasions coming up in the holidays that I just like to eat vegetables and take advantage of the of the harvest. Oh, I'm going to make this. Yeah, it's delicious. And, and tonight would be like the perfect night to eat it where yes, it's rainy we, out. And, and we woke up cool. and it's suddenly very fall. Yeah. <laughs> we went to bed, it was summer, and now yes. it's like fall. What happened? It was like 80 degrees yesterday. Yeah, well, not today. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Does not bode well for my favorite holiday, Sukkot. All right, let's I, talk this, about I know, Sukkot. good segue, right? It was... You are, you are magnificent. <laughs> Almost like I've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> I love Sukkot. It's my favorite holiday. And it's interesting because it's the holiday that doesn't tell you what to eat or not to eat. It just tells you where to do it. Right. So, right. <laughs> which is fun and different. It's, you know, this holiday above all the other ones, it tells you where to go. So you got your sukkah in your yard and you can be elaborate with it and have fun and hang up your pine cones and glitter your pomegranates and... You know, for, make all kinds of wonderful decorations. Yes, have fun with it, and then celebrate this harvest time of year. This where it's chilly nights and it's the moon is is full. It's beautiful outside, and you get this like again this the clash of seasons, and it makes you very aware of how fragile life is sitting outside there, and it's chilly and stuff. But this is where I pull out the soups and the stews ah. and the pumpkin, and I fill it up with this beautiful stew and stuff. I love it. I, I can't get enough of this holiday. We could have Sukkot all year round for me. And so I'm guessing you have many meals out in the Sukkot. We do. And I love to bake, and I like to make babkas, and I just um, came up with a recipe for a fantastic pumpkin butter and chocolate babka. Oh and my gosh. It's it's amazing and delicious. And it's like, I hate to say this pumpkin spice thing, but it, it, it really, it's, it's you, you want to light this babka with a wick and, you know, just sit back yeah. and smell it. It's so good. It's delicious. Oh, now I have to go home and there's no pumpkin babka waiting for me. <laughs> this is very You sad. know where to come and find it. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, anything else that you want to share about food for either Sukkot or any of the other... Uh, many holidays yeah, this month. Yeah, no, it's endless. And, and that is fun, too. I think it's just have fun with it. Look outside. Use your, you know, the weather to tell you what you're eating. And it, this isn't the moment to pull out strawberries and, you know, delicate summer things. That That's just not what we're supposed to be eating right now. We're going for the fall things, the heavier stuff. And to pull out those big brawny squashes and have fun with those and to just have the most out of it. Make the most out of it and don't go crazy. Don't make yourself nuts. Have fun. That's great advice. Really advice I wish I'd had years ago, (laughs) especially in terms of the meal before you go to synagogue. Yeah. It's a marathon. Treat it like one. Yeah. Eat like a marathoner. Yeah. I'm sure there's a hashtag somewhere like, you know... Kol Nidre, eat like a marathoner or something. Or now that. there should be. Yeah, If there isn't already. Please, someone do it. Yeah. <laughs> Tag me. <laughs> so, Laura, thank you so much for being my guest. It's my always pleasure. fun to chat with you about food. I love that. 
And um, I'm going to try your kashavarnishkas myself, for sure, because it sounds like... A, I love the idea of adding mushrooms and all different kinds of mushrooms. Yes. I've, I've done it, but not in a long time, so you reminded me that I really like to do that. Okay, well, thanks, Laura. My pleasure. <laughs> I'll be back again. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. Yeah, I hope so. Take care. Shana Tova. Thank you for listening to The Big Schmear. Our recording and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatino Duo for their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you have any questions or want to share program ideas, I'd love to hear from you. Please send your email to beth at thebigschmear.com. And be sure to check out my website, thebigschmear.com, to find recipes shared by my guests. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening, and happy eating. <laughs>